0: What up, Change? Welcome to another episode. You're about to enjoy a talk I gave with the Tesla Society of Columbia. They were nice enough to invite me uh, to do a little talk, i to answer their questions. Uh, it was just really fun. I hope you all enjoy this, and yeah, huge shout out to the Tesla Society of Columbia for having me on. Where, where are you
1: based right now, Ghali?
0: Um, in, in Seattle. I grew up here. I actually just moved from New York City, so I was living in New York City for 10 years.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. All the way from Seattle. So. As you can tell, we're really lucky to have him. I'm sure in like non-pandemic times, travel would have been like such a hassle, but um, here we go. So yeah, uh, what do you yeah. got? Let's get started. Um, so Gal, you've written a book and you have a YouTube channel called Hyperchange. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about it, why you started it, where you're at?
0: Yeah, totally. So I went to uh, NYU for finance, sort of like um, y'all at Columbia, just, you know, across Manhattan and was super into investing in the stock market and just like finding cool companies and supporting them kind of always had this idea that like we needed to go green and go sustainable and like there was going to be a bunch of companies around that and I wanted to invest in them so I went to NYU to study finance and then when I got there I felt like everybody was just going for like the best job at Goldman Sachs and like the coolest internship and like they were like, yeah, I'll work for like some oil company, like raising money, like ruining some third world country. If that means like I'm making 200 grand and I get like a dope thing on my resume. So I I hated that. And I just kind of felt like finance wasn't like it was all about making money. You watch CNBC. They're like, oh, the stock market's up 0.1%. It's down one point point one percent. Like there's nothing there. So I like... I basically just kind of created the show I wanted to watch. Like I'd been investing for 10 years, just super nerdy and into it. And was like, yo, like I kind of wanted to see someone who's my age talking about their portfolio, honestly, be, being open to being wrong, just kind of scheming for free uh, on the internet. Cause I feel like that's what we need to sort of advance the conversation discussion about stocks and finance. And so that was kind of I started my YouTube channel and then Tesla is like my biggest and first investment. And so then that kind of took me to the Tesla world.
1: Yeah, um. I just made you spotlight real quick but um yeah like going off that um could you say a little more on how you got into tesla like how'd you first hear about it and how did you like know for certain that you wanted to get into this
0: uh I mean I, I used to have like a in, in my debate class I've told this story a couple of times but like the the prop was like how do we fix climate change right and so we came up with this thing of, like, make all these genetically modified tubes of algae, stick them in the desert, we'll have this biofuel system with the whole state of Arizona growing this GMO algae, and like all our cars will run on that, and we'll suck the carbon back into the algae, and it'll be like this closed loop kind of way to change, like get off fossil fuels, essentially, right? And then I heard of Elon Musk and Tesla and they have the Roadster and they have this blog post called literally called like the master plan. And it's like, we're going to sell this super expensive sports car then we're going to use that money to make the technology better. sell a little bit cheaper car then sell this mass market car, which is now the Model 3 slash Y, which I actually own one of, which is like totally mind blowing when you think about it. But like. And it was just this piece of paper. It was called like Project Blue Star. It was like this mass market car that ran on batteries that was going to change everything. And I was like, wait, so you don't need tubes of algae in the desert. It's like really cool, like sexy looking cars that are like the fastest thing on the road that drive themselves that like just look awesome. Uh, like that's the answer to the sustainable future. Like, yep, so where, do, where do I sign up? You know? And this guy, Elon Musk runs it, who Iron Man, who's like my favorite kind of superhero was based off of inspired by elon musk like it it just didn't seem real and just kind of i feel like that's the way with tesla that's probably why you have this club like the more you look into it the more you're like just getting pumped about it
1: absolutely absolutely um a lot of people see tesla as an electric car company um but one of the first things we discussed uh this was back in our club's first meeting was how tesla is much broader than that so they're not just electric cars they're solar they're battery tech Um, And so uh, could you speak to a little on like just how far Tesla's reach is?
0: Totally. So when I think about Tesla, they're really like, an energy sort of flywheel company, right? You have products that consume energy, cars, products that produce energy, which is solar panels, solar roof, and products that store energy, which are the batteries. And so this trifecta of a sustainable way to produce, store, and consume energy is like the way our society sort of needs to function. So their products sort of all come around that flywheel. And when you think about the future products they're gonna unveil, um, it's all around that flywheel as well. So that's Elon Musk's whole thing. It's Tesla's a mission-driven company. We need to find, you know, a sustainable way to produce our energy and consume it and store it and sort of come up with this system. And so that's why Tesla makes cars, but it's really the batteries in the cars that are this different way to consume energy that's way more efficient, um, that they can also use to put in trucks that eventually, once they get light enough, can put in boats and then maybe planes. And so there's a lot that this technology um, can do beyond the products that Tesla has today. And so um, there's a ton of different ways we can go with that, but
1: yeah, I heard about like some rumors of like the 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 VTOL, like Elon Musk are trying to build a VTOL or something. Um,
0: yeah, but the, the problem is we got we put too much on Elon's plate. Like he's already running three companies, like he can't do and then he like let this idea slip about a vertical takeoff landing electric jet. And it's like, I don't even have to go to the airport. It can just take off from my roof or down the street, like, and then it'll just fly me there, press a button, it autopilots. Like, this is the dopest thing ever, right? And it runs on batteries which could charge on a solar panel. Um, but it's not going to come out for like 10 or 15 years if it does. So, and I feel like he's, Elon feels bad that he let the idea slip. Cause now all, you know, the Tesla fanboys are like, where's this VTOL jet? And yeah, he, but it's just not going to come for a while.
1: Fair, fair. Um, recently Tesla's full self-driving has also been a hot topic. So how far along is Tesla with this? Um, and like, what are the, the biggest obstacles, I, I guess, to getting cars, having like, Full self driving on the roads?
0: Uh, You know, this has got to be one of the biggest like science projects going on in the world right now is trying to figure out how we take out a human from controlling a vehicle and we have software control all the vehicles that drive around the road. Like, think this is such a big, like, sort of science project for humanity we're we're trying to pull off. And so I feel like Tesla's strategy is like, okay, we're going to put uh, these software and sensors on our cars, and the Tesla is like as much as a computer as it is a car. Like every degree you're turning the wheel, it's it's tracking that. Every time you touch the brake, it's it's tracking that. When you're driving on autopilot and you disengage, it's tracking that. So it's sending that data back to HQ and learning from it. Like why is Google the world's best AI? Because they have you know a billion people typing in searches, training that neural network constantly. There's a free flywheel of data where Google gets paid because they're getting paid to show you an ad, and you're giving them data. So that is the flywheel. They get paid to. Get Get data that allows them to create the best AI in the world. And Tesla's unlocked that in the automotive uh, sector. So, and Waymo hasn't, which is so ironic, but like Tesla, like I bought my Tesla and now I drive it around and I'm training it to drive itself. And so this is the system that, and there's so many layers to Tesla's self driving system. I guess the big thing to take away is like it's a vertical autonomy stack. They literally built the chip. Everyone else using NVIDIA chips, they custom designed a chip that was. This, from this guy that's a legend that they poached from Apple. And then on top of the chip, they have this whole neural net team based in Silicon Valley who's coding these cutting edge AI to run on the chip. And then you have all of this other team processing all the data that's come coming in from the cameras. So uh, there's so much that goes into Tesla self-driving thing, but I think they're the only company to really take seriously in this space because they have a million cars or computers on wheels that are constantly training, running billions of miles, generating billions of miles of data. So you know will it take another two years or five years or ten years who knows but i think it seems like this really has a shot to be that sort of autonomous car company
1: yeah and sort of looking at it from the other end too like how do you think regulations will play an impact on that um, do you think there'll be like laws mandated um and like could those be obstacles to their mission
0: yeah totally i mean we're we're gonna want to regulate this for sure and it's gonna like they're going to have to prove essentially to the regulators with tens of billions of miles of data that it's safer than a human driver. And so Tesla's already started putting out quarterly safety data where they show Uh, you know, accidents per million miles on autopilot, not on autopilot standard, you know, across the US. And it's already pretty significantly safer. And so I think that gap will continue to widen and Tesla's already building that stack of papers to bring into the politician's office to say, let's approve this. You know, no other companies even got there yet, but so they're scheming on it, but it's going to be tough for sure.
2: Right, right. Um... Additionally, uh, how often do you use your uh, self-drive feature on your Tesla?
0: dude awesome question honestly all the time like if i'm on the highway it's really only meant for the highway right um and i don't even have fsd yet i just have the like well, I bought fsd but i'm not in like beta of the real one Um, But dude, on the highway, I would say 90% of the time, probably 95% of the time of miles, which is on a road trip is a game changer. So like this is if you own a Tesla, like I would never, I hate driving, I hate cars. Like, you know, I was a New Yorker for 10 years. Like, come on, you can't get more anti-car than that. And then I bought a Tesla and I hadn't driven at all and it like drives itself. So I'm like so much less stress, so much more chill. Like it's kind of a game changer if you're driving on the highway. It's really, really good on the highway.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, you sort of mentioned how you were in the city before. What made you sort of like go to the West Coast and, you know, say farewell to the city?
0: Well, I am, I don't know, I am a West Coaster, like I grew up here, but I definitely, I don't know, I really miss my friends in New York City, so I'm definitely gonna come back all the time, but I don't know, the Rona honestly did me in. Like everything shut down. Like I love going to stand up, like open mic. That was probably like my favorite, like New Yorker thing to do is go to comedy shows. And like those all closed, like all the bars closed. Like I'm a big foodie going out to all my favorite restaurants isn't a thing. It's like, all right, well now I'm just trapped in my tiny apartment. Used to be making YouTube videos by myself when my roommate was at work. Now he's working from home. So we're crammed in the same apartment with nothing. You know, it's like, all right. Like I I, I had to get out honestly
1: yeah yeah rona did everyone dirty it's crazy um so elon musk promised to have the robo taxi on the streets by the end of last year um that's 2020 so clearly that was a little optimistic um though that's like classic elon though but um how is their progress coming along with that
0: i mean i think the progress is super legit they're definitely missing all their a ton of timelines but like you know, is the software getting way better since I got my car? Yes. Is it better than two years ago? Yes. And did they just put out the FSD beta where it really drives itself for 500 people to test the feature? Yes. So like it's all happening, but um, yeah.
1: Um, so one thing that many people have concerns with is the environmental impact when, you know, mining lithium and nickel for batteries. So what is Tesla doing to sort of address those concerns?
0: So if you want to talk about the most sustainable way to build a car in terms of fossil fuel emissions and like environmental impact, it's already by far a Tesla. And they put out a whole environmental impact report about all of this, but you know, there's even like a study by the government of Norway, who used to be one of the world's largest like oil companies, but then they're transitioning all to green energy because they know it's more sustainable. Um, so I think there's a lot of data that's coming out about this. And then why, what kind of, an, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of funny that we're still having the debate that like, it might be unsustainable to use electric cars. <laughs> like it's, it's like shows how far behind like the cultural zeitgeist is from understanding science. You know what I mean? Like the battery can be charged with literally any type of energy. If we come up with fusion, we can charge a battery with it. You know, that engine in your car is like 30% efficient and is always combusting. And it's always just going to burn oil, which we have to import from halfway around the world. That's literally dinosaur juice. I mean, and you have to refill it every single time, you know, once a week you go to the gas station to get more of that raw material to put in your car if it's a battery we only have to mine that stuff once and squeeze it into the pack and you know we're not we're not going back to extract something from the earth every mile sort of so
1: all right so let's go to the innovation side of tesla um so there have also been rumors of some kind of model that's uh that tesla is going to be releasing that's cheaper than the model three um which is already their cheapest model um and they're calling it like the model two um so which market are they sort of going for and do you think they'll be able to compete? Like, how do you think um, this will affect Tesla's whole thing? And do you think they'll be able to keep up their innovation rate after this too? Because this is like a breakthrough. Do they have a lot of room to to like still go further after this?
0: Totally. I mean, this is going to be like, almost everything Tesla's done up until this point is just to produce that product, right? Which is the car that like, okay, we all know Tesla. We all love it. We probably know someone who has it. But every time I get in a car, is it literally a Tesla robo taxi driving me around? No. You know, for this to be a multi trillion dollar company and like really change the world, all of our butts need to be in a Tesla when we go like it's called like the butts and seats thing, you know, and I just think that's what the model two is or that's what I'm calling it the model two and Tesla those people who bought that $200,000 sports car you know, were subsidizing the innovation of that technology, making it cheaper, economies of scale, getting Tesla better, and then so they could keep bringing the cost down. That's how every disruptive technology works. So Tesla just had their battery day. I was actually there in San Francisco, and it was epic. And they showed this new battery cell that they've developed, which is going to be the breakthrough for why they can build a, a $25,000 or $20,000 car, which is this new 4680 battery cell. Um, so it's kind of a like when we said Tesla, like, when you think about what they are, it's a technology company, and the financial statements and even products they have out today are not really reflective of the full value of the technology they're developing because they're about to come out with this new car, which is you know been in the making for 20 years. You haven't seen any revenue from it, but it's going to change the world when it does. And so, if they can come out with this thing that costs them 25, 30 grand to build that can drive itself and last 300 miles on a charge, like that's kind of the game changer, robo taxi product, I think. So. Yeah, that's going to be really exciting. And it seems to be moving much quicker than like I was personally expecting. Like they think we might even get to be shown that car like by the end of this year and potentially deliveries starting next year in China.
1: Wow. Oh, wow! Yeah. And they're sort of competing with like Toyota, all these mass market cars, right?
0: Yeah. And people, uh, the Model 3 was already the best selling car in America by revenue when it came out. So Tesla was already out selling Toyota and like, it's kind of funny because you look at a Toyota and it was like, you know, this is a way cheaper car. Shouldn't it be selling like a lot more, but for the price of te- Tesla, the amount of units they sell is like insane. Like they're shattering the norms of, Oh, I'm only going to buy a Toyota. Like there's this thing called the Tesla stretch. Almost every customer who buys a Tesla, like, goes way out of their budget to get the tesla and like everyone who's like an automotive industry experts like this makes no sense you're just like but if you are a consumer you're like of course this makes sense tesla's way doper like you know
1: yeah yeah sure um so i saw on your twitter that you've been advocating for tesla's purchase of bitcoin um since like as early as december of last year you've been an you've been an advocate of bitcoin alone for like like way longer than that um so could you tell us a bit about that like how Tesla's purchase is going to affect Bitcoin, how Bitcoin is going to affect Tesla?
0: Yeah, so I saw that um, some public companies were adding Bitcoin to their balance sheet. You know, I've been long Bitcoin for, I don't know, like seven years or something. I love Bitcoin. I just think it's such a kind of fascinating concept. And then I was like, okay, well, Square is going to add it to their balance sheet. This is really interesting. This is a next level of institutionalization of Bitcoin. Like, it's not just, you know, people buying it, thinking it's cool. It's like, no, this is regulated. There's a public company who's added it to its balance sheet, told its shareholders, gone through that disclosure process, and it was totally chill. That was like a game-changing moment. Uh, And then it's like, okay, Square is run by Jack Dorsey, right? And so he loves Bitcoin. He also runs Twitter. And he's, like, one of the most powerful tech people in the world. And not only is he obsessed with Bitcoin, but he's literally allowing 33 million people plus to buy Bitcoin through the Cash App with Square. So I was like, and then Square buys some for their balance sheet. So I'm like, okay, this is a different, Bitcoin's different than when I was pumped about it in 2014. It was just nerds, like, you know. This is really getting institutionalized. And so that's when I saw, you know, started talking to Michael Saylor and had him on my podcast, who's the CEO of MicroStrategy, which is like this old school software company that, like, you don't even know they're a software company anymore because they literally just took on all this billions of debt to literally just buy Bitcoin and use all their cash flow to buy Bitcoin. So they basically turned into like a de facto Bitcoin ETF. And he's telling, he's like pounding the table, like, yo, everyone should have Bitcoin in their treasury. Stop holding cash. Cash is getting diluted and accelerating pace. Why would you want to hold this like melting ice cube? on your balance sheet, you know, like if we're Tesla, we have 20 billion to spend, like we want to maximize that 20 billion. If we put a billion or two of that into Bitcoin, it goes way up. We have more to spend. That's better for our shareholders. Um, And so it got to the point where I was like, wow, it's kind of a fringe idea, but being a Bitcoiner, and being a Tesla shareholder, we're going to be late. This is going to happen. Apple's going to do it. Amazon's going to do it. And we want to do it before they do it, not after they do it, because otherwise we're buying it at 200K a Bitcoin, not 25K a Bitcoin. So I literally put out, so I hit up Michael Saylor, put out this interview, literally call up Tesla, told them this idea, like my kind of contacted Tesla, I'm like, yo, I think you guys got to do this. I know we got 20 bill. I know we can't spend it all. I don't know. And then at some point, I feel like Elon, it's on his desk and he's like such an innovative, forward-thinking CEO. Like if he sees a good sort of like idea, he'll just jump on it. And he realized that this is a smart move for their shareholders. And so just jumped on it and they they act quickly. And then they bought like a billion and a half that was announced like a week ago. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, but how would you, like, address concerns of Bitcoin about how, like, you know, cybersecurity-wise, it might, it's, like, prone to hacking um, and things like that?
0: Well, I don't think Bitcoin's ever been successfully hacked. Like, you exchanges have been hacked. Um, so I would definitely make sure you don't put it at a sketchy exchange. But I don't know. There's risk for all new technologies, right?
1: Of course. Yeah, of course. Um... So another way that Tesla is really trying to beat out uh, these traditional internal combustion engine cars uh, is through their Cybertruck. So um, what are your thoughts on like its ability to compete? I know it hasn't been released yet, right? Or maybe like uh, it's been released for pre-order, um, but like what are your thoughts on how it can it can sort of beat out uh, traditional pickup trucks as well?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's got, I think it looks like it's totally from the future. Like I was at the Cybertruck unveiling and thought that it looked, really ugly the second I saw it. And then it kind of grew on me. And then when I saw it in person, like driving up, I was like, oh my God, like looks like an alien invasion's occurring. Like I need that, you know, <laughs> this is so dope. And uh, it's as much ridiculous looking as it is practical and functional from both like a utility standpoint for the customer and easy to build for the company. Like it has this exoskeleton, you don't need to paint it, it doesn't get scratched. Like it'll just look like stainless steel, Um, super rugged, super sturdy for a truck. Um, And it just looks, you know, like kind of like badass, which I think is important. Like they say it's like a tank from the future. Um, and then like how many trucks do you use for work? Where then you bring a diesel generator to also generate electricity at your work site. And then that's where you plug in your power tools First, plug them into a huge battery at a cyber truck. Like I think and a maintenance of your cars is way cheaper if they're electric. So you want to you'll have less maintenance costs. Um and they dropped the price was from like starting at 40 grand to like 60 or 70 grand. Like it was a lot more price competitive than people thought. So The combination of all of this led to people ordering, I think there's like seven or 800,000 pre-orders on on tap right now, which is like insane. It's like tens of billions of dollars of revenue or something. So um, yeah, I'm pumped on the Cybertruck. I think it's like, a real game changer and that's like what we talk about tesla is a technology company like that's another example of a product that doesn't exist today that they're not making any money from but that they're going to make billions from because of all the work they've been doing with those batteries their battery technologies what's allowing them to bring the first like really competitive electric pickup to market
2: so were you there then when
0: the steel ball was thrown at the window yeah and what was that like
2: being in that room when that occurred
0: oh it was wild i mean i kind of thought it was like a troll or a joke like everyone's trying to figure out what happened like i i thought it was planned as part of the presentation for sure like i didn't i didn't get like you can't really see well you're like you know everyone's yelling and it's like i don't know it was great vibes though
1: yeah but it's crazy that like he turns it into like this t-shirt design and you know now he's like profiting off his mistakes and it's it's crazy how you can do something like that
0: yeah, and people, yeah. like, they they look so much into this, like, was it planned? Was it a sketch? Like, you know, look how much money they're making off in it. It's like, dude, like, it's just Elon being Elon. It's just authenticity and transparency. And that just is what Tesla is. And it's that is their secret sauce on so many different levels. And also, I think, like, Elon's maybe polarizing, but also like super likable and has generated the cult following because of stuff like that. It's like, yeah, like, and then they talk about it. It's like, yeah, like we tested it a bunch. We didn't think that was gonna happen. Then it did, we were like, dang, that sucks and rolled with it and made a funny t-shirt about it. Cause YOLO, you know, <laughs> like I love that.
1: Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, and so sort of, I'm, I'm going back to like the, the third row Tesla podcast. Um, so you were able to talk with Elon Musk face-to-face in a conversation um so are there like any takeaways like is he like is there something we don't know about him most people don't know about him that like was revealed there um and I was I was just watching the podcast like I think Kimball came on as well right his brother um so like you know what was that like and
0: yeah yeah uh yeah and his mom was there too like honestly just such cool nice people like I think it's uh like I think everyone should kind of learn to like like I saw so much hate for Elon Musk back a couple years ago and even still today it's like I think as a general rule people should not form an opinion of another person until they've met them personally or like spent time with them or I don't know actually like interacted with them because I think Elon like he's just such a down-to-earth genuinely nice kind like chill dude honestly like incredibly smart but also just so down-to-earth like not cocky like super humble super chill like you know everyone in his family was super nice like they ordered us sandwiches in the podcast they're like they're like we're getting hungry like and they are like oh my god we're gonna stop the podcast like we've been going way too long like we got to get out of here and he's like nah bro just a lunch break like get the guy to get sandwiches or whatever and then we're like in um who is it the actor who did Willy Wonka it was his house and then Elon's like oh I love this house it's so quaint with the little cabinets like I kept them just this way and you're like wow like that's so and he's like getting plates for us just like himself like you know super politely like so just such a kind like i don't know if that's the side of the interview you wanted to hear but that was the part that i thought was interesting was like honestly just no, a really dope dude totally.
1: yeah gene wilder i think it was
0: gene wilder yeah exactly
1: yeah um i he's since moved out though right he's like sold his possessions and all that stuff yeah i think so cool cool um yeah so i mean honestly we can like open it up to any any audience questions now but Um, Another question that I sort of wanted to ask was, uh, like, a lot of people say, okay, Tesla's overvalued because a lot of their revenue is purely based off carbon credits. So if those didn't exist, if, like, that tax didn't exist, um, they wouldn't be profitable. Um, So, like, is that true? Is there some merit to that?
0: Uh, I mean, no. I mean, the the real answer is, like, no, it's totally BS. Like, yeah, they make a few hundred million every quarter from these credits, but that's just, like... It has not like Tesla's an electric car startup that's building electric cars to change the world. The government has this system where you get a huge tax credit for every electric vehicle you produce. And because none of the other automakers in the U.S. or the world got their like stuff together to actually do that, they're like, oh, my God, we desperately need to buy credits from EV companies who are making EVs so that we can like tell the government that we're doing good or whatever. And so that's the system. And Tesla's like, OK, there's an extra couple grand with every car. Um yeah, we just sell that and get the couple grand. That's you know, and I think the most important thing of like long-term investors like myself, you know, we've always said Tesla, those could go away and that wouldn't change anything. Like that's not going to change the value. I don't put any of that into my financial model. Whenever I model Tesla, I assume that goes to zero next quarter. Um, but it's just kind of a symptom of the the system that we live in where the EV makers get these credits. But
1: right, yeah. Um, another, another cool quality about Elon Musk is that, um, I remember on some kind of interview with someone who was witnessing him, um, the guy was like, oh yeah, I watched Elon at like some, some board review or something. And he like knew what he was talking about the entire time. And you hardly see any CEOs like that. Um, so do you think like nowadays, especially with like the tech revolution, you have to like really know that stuff, um, like, you know, super duper well uh, to, to even have a chance of being successful?
0: Totally. And before I found Tesla, like I was, you know, investing for like a private investor, researching companies, like meeting with tons of CEOs, trying to figure out which companies to invest in. And like, like when I met Elon was so impressed and blown away at just his level of like how much he cares about the business, how much it's mission driven, how much he's also like the engineer of SpaceX and Tesla, just as much as the CEO. Like you ask him about why isn't Tesla doing this? You know, he knows to the minute detail exactly why, like that. It's just, He's like, he's really is once in a generation. I know that's maybe like a cliche thing of like Elon so special, is that great? But it's like, not nah, like this dude is like lives up to the hype and more and just let the numbers speak for themselves. Like I'm not an Elon Musk fan. I'm just a fan of capitalists and great CEOs and companies changing the world. And that happens to be that one guy's doing all of them at once. Like, you know, he started Zip2 with nothing, sold it for 50 million bucks, puts it into PayPal. One of the most disruptive fintech companies sells that for a billion. Like find me another entrepreneur with that track record. Um, it's, there's almost like none in the world. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm honestly like pretty lucky. I'm like, dude, like Elon Musk's biggest net worth was in Tesla stock. So that's what I put it in. I'm like, I gotta put my net worth in the same thing that the smartest dude in the world, like put his net worth into. And he works for me basically, like dude.
2: Recently, regulators in China have reprimanded Tesla over growing complaints about its cars. And uh, not long ago, Elon also said that it might not be a good idea to buy a Tesla during a new models ramp up period. So uh, does it seem then that Tesla cars, Model 3 and Y are, are like not fully ready then?
0: I mean, oh man, this is, this is like, I'm like, you're giving me flashbacks, like 2018 of just all the Tesla BS. It's like, I mean, Tesla's growing like crazy in China and like the hottest, new, coolest thing in China. So I think their cars are dope there. I bought a Model Y. I thought it was amazingly built with zero quality issues in um sorry, that was my dryer makes a funny noise. But yeah, I don't know. Did I that answer your question? Like, I think a lot of those articles about like Tesla's this, Tesla's that, it's like, dude, it has one of the highest customer satisfaction ratings. Like, ask anyone who owns a Tesla, they're never buying anything except a Tesla. Like, um, to interpret their customer satisfaction as anything less than like the highest in the in definitely the automotive world. I think you know. You're kind of missing it
1: for sure for sure um a question about other evs competing because like you know of course ices are going to die soon um that's that's a given so uh but like ev competition um on an interview elon also said like you know if there's a company that can do it better than us um like let them do it uh so he's really about like more the mission than Mm -hmm. like you know the, the the money or something like that Uh, So, like, there have been things coming out, like the Apple car, um, things like that. Um, Like, could you talk a little bit on Tesla's competition EV-wise? I know there's a lot going on in China as well.
0: Totally. Uh, I mean, the car business is so hard. There hasn't been a successful car startup in, like, 100 years until Tesla that got to profitability and scale in the U.S. So, uh, I think people think it's a really dope business to get into. And that's where we're seeing all these SPACs and all this hype for EV companies, but it's really a horrible one. And I think the fact that Tesla made it through is like a miracle. Um, and the reason why I think Tesla is so uniquely positioned is like what we talked about with their autonomy stack, like it's vertically integrated. They do every single thing in house, which every single other automotive company doesn't do. So every, you know, MBAization of America was like, oh, outsource everything, outsource this, outsource that. So what is GM? It's a, it's a brand that outsources, you know, parts from this supplier parts from that supplier machine from that supplier we just put it together there's no real great technology there and if there is technology or ip it's all around the internal uh or uh what is it ice engine you know burning fossil fuels and doing that that's the only expertise they have and so and they outsource everything. So, And software is definitely not their expertise. So when you think about what's the car for for right now, it's like, okay, we need something that's electric. We need something that runs on software that can drive itself. Um, and now we're not gonna build it with people, we're gonna build it with robots. So when an era where you have no innovation for 50 years, it's great to outsource everything because because it, it's commoditized. But when you're building a ground groundbreaking new tech from like literally from scratch, which is what Tesla did, like you need to do all of that in house. And so it took them 10 or 15 years, but now we have no one else who's really like, you know, I don't know. So it's hard. I, I've been. I think the, the competition is going to come from someone who is a clean slate, like Ford or GM. All those companies are basically dead. Like it's got to come with someone who, you know, Riv? Is it Rivian? Is it Amazon? Is it Apple? Is it Neo in China? Um, I think those companies have the best shot competing with Tesla. But the bottom line is Tesla is, you know, they started ten years and nobody tried, so they're ten years ahead, and they have the smartest CEO in the world, moving the fastest, running their company, and so that's why I think it's hard. It's it's hard to catch up.
1: Thinking back, one of your claims to fame was that one article that was written about you on like, um, in, in in some earnings call, you roasted Wall Street uh, for their questions. Um, so like, what like what was that like?
0: Yeah, I got on the uh, 2018 Q1 2018 Tesla earnings call, um, which was a... Uh, Basically, a bunch of Tesla shareholders watched my channel and we were tired of hearing really lame, boring questions from Wall Street on their conference call. And someone's like, bro, Gally, why don't you ask a question? And I'm because I would always joke, like, if they let me ask one, I'd have a great one. And I'm like, honestly, you're right. So I got like all my subscribers to email Tesla and uh, basically begged to let me on the conference call. And then they said no. And then I tweeted at Elon and he was like, Yep. And I like almost had a heart attack when he replied and then he let me on the conference call to like, and well, so that was like all before the conference call. And then when the conference call is happening, like the questions are, I was going to go at the end and they're just so, so bad that like Elon gets so pissed and literally just goes, let's go to YouTube. And then, then, then I'm like trembling with like my Google doc, like in my, like, you know, apartment, like, oh my God, like, am I on the Tesla call right now? And then. so then I just started asking questions and he was loving it because it was like someone who actually liked the company was an investor, not just like some, to use his quote, boneheaded Wall Street analyst. Um, And he got a ton of hate for that because it was just like not a conventional move, but that was such the right move. That was a genius move by him. um, And like, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I know he like doesn't care too much for Wall Street. Like he was uh, like randomly pricing his, uh, his, his model S at like 69, 420 um, at one point he tweeted like my stock price is too high um, and it actually went down. Um, so yeah, I guess, I, is Elon like more concerned for the long-term profitability or is he like not even concerned about profitability period?
0: Um, I think he's just concerned on like things that matter. Like there's a lot of noise, but like, you know, is the tech better? Do people love their cars? How do we advance the roadmap of Tesla? How do we hire the smartest people in the world? That's what he hears about. Nothing to do with this, like sideshow of the media or whatever.
1: Uh, another industry he's trying to get into is uh, rockets as well, and he's uh, done a pretty good job with like SpaceX. Um, they, they like launched Starlink a while ago. They're getting satellites up in the air. Um, so yeah, could you could you speak a little on SpaceX and their possible relation to Tesla, if there is one?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the relation to Tesla is that Elon runs both of them. And like the Tesla Design Center in LA is right next. It's in Hawthorne, kind of like the same complex as SpaceX. So they sort of have like a lot of the shared DNA. Um, I mean, I love SpaceX. I invested in them. And I think, you know, going to Mars is going to happen in our lifetime. It's going to be epic. And uh, that's like the greatest forcing function for innovation that we're going to have in this century is that if you have to go to space, if you have to go to Mars, how much other stuff do we have to come up with? How much is that? worth, you know, how much IP does SpaceX develop on the way to Mars and how much is that worth? Um, Pretty epic.
2: So, uh, Gally, I think I want to ask the question that everyone's wondering, are we in a simulation
0: right now? I'd say like 50-50. I don't know.
2: Okay. Yeah, I feel like I'm agnostic,
0: some- so I don't know. I get, you know, maybe there's God, maybe we're in a simulation. Yeah. I, you know, I'll, I'll give I'll give some credit to both, like, I don't know. Yeah.
2: I mean, you have to wonder if we, you know, if we do end up on Mars, the things we've accomplished, I mean, the likelihood that we are in a simulation, you know, or that we're going to create one. Is yeah. So it's definitely something to be thinking about. <laughs> uh, we got cool. one, one more question uh, from Bruce. Is the mining of Bitcoin environmentally costly compared to other currencies?
0: Um this is something I've been thinking a lot about because uh, I just put out a video about it, but it, I think it uses like 80 terawatt hours worth of, big of energy for to run the Bitcoin network, but it hasn't been increasing much. So that is a huge amount of energy. Um, and it's hard to know, like there's a lot of energy that consumed to run the normal financial system. So it's hard to know how much more efficient Bitcoin is um, I don't know. This is, I think, the if there's one downside of Bitcoin and the part that I hate, it's that it uses a lot of energy. But is it too much to make it impractical? No. And it's actually not growing that much despite the network growing. So now we've sort of decoupled energy consumption from network growth, where if that continues, we're good. It's like, okay, we can dedicate the size of Denmark's energy consumption to just running Bitcoin in perpetuity. But two, three Denmarks? I don't know. I have a quick question. Yeah. Oh, uh,
2: would it be smart to buy Tesla calls or Tesla puts?
0: I'm not a financial advisor. Nice try though. I don't know. I, I okay. my 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 motto is invest in the future you believe in. Okay. And I would say uh if you buy calls or puts, you're not you're not really buying or investing in the company. You're you're betting on the It's going to go up for them. Yeah, like a change in in the group think psychology about that entity. And that, to me, I have zero confidence in, and I would say is more like gambling. Like that's totally different than like studying a company and thinking of its network. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, um, I don't know. That's my take on it. I had my options phase, but I don't like options anymore. I think they're doing a lot more harm than good. Yes. It, like like um, if you I'm just gonna... bought Tesla stock and just bought it hand over fist, like basically what I did, like you're chilling. You made more than like, you know what I mean? Like that's the bulletproof way to build wealth in the long-term and all the greatest investors do it the same way. Buy, hold great companies for the long-term. That's like- Yeah, I agree. Like I had so many friends that missed Tesla because they tried to get smart with the options. And it was Mm -hmm. like, you know, and they tried to get smart. And I was like, dude, like you forgot that you're not trying to be an options trader. You're trying to just invest in Elon Musk and Tesla because you know it's going to blow up. And the amount of people who messed up that like life-changing trade because they tried to get fancy is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. I take, you know, I try, I'm trying not to make, let that happen again.
2: Thanks Gally.
1: Right. Well, um, that does seem like all the time we have tonight. Um, so if anyone else has questions, um, maybe they can just, you know, shoot a comment under one of Gally's videos. Um, but yeah, I know you have a busy schedule. Um, so I do just want to thank you very much. Uh, and we really appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Um, yeah. And we hope you can come back at another time.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm almost like, are you sure you don't have any more questions? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a little bit disappointed that there's not any crazier questions. I feel like there's like 20 people. Like you, you guys can't come up with like something crazy to ask me about what Tesla's going to do or, or what? Maybe not.
2: Uh, we do have one more question from... Well, actually, we just got two more. So uh, one from Michelle Wang. What's the story behind your YouTube channel name, HyperChange?
0: Uh, world's changing faster than ever. So I made up a word to, to tell my business professors to, to get lost because they were like, you can't buy a stock at a 30p ratio. That will never work. And I was like, well, guess what? We live in hyperchange, yo. Things are changing faster than ever. Companies are growing faster than ever. Earnings rates are going to compound faster than ever. Like we're buying it at 40 PE. Now 40 PE is like the cheapest you're going to find in the market, you know? But yeah, it's just kind of a word. Like Tesla really embodies hyperchange, you know? And so does Elon Musk, like change the whole industry super quickly. um, All that kind of stuff.
2: And then we also have another question from Lorenz. Uh, Is Tesla expanding its insurance business?
0: Oh yeah. That's going to be big time. Um, Like like the whole thing I was talking about, the data. I mean, it's kind of boring, honestly, but like insurance is just data, right? And so if you can get way more data about what, how someone's driving because the car is connected, like you're going to be able to give them a way more accurate rate and crush the insurance business. This is why like Warren Buffett's screwed and Geico is going bankrupt because they have no data relative to the Tesla. And so every insurance is going to go in-house when cars go autonomous. And so that's why Rivian's building in-house insurance. That's why Tesla's doing it. And so Tesla kind of pioneered this model because they're like, okay, well, when your car gets into a crash and nobody's driving it, we're going to be on the hook. So we better start building our insurance division. Um, And this guy's question, will Cybertrucks be integrated with IoT? I think that's what he says, right? Internet of Things. Like there's actually, so the biggest idea about Tesla that I'm, I'm kind of thinking about, I think Wall Street's obsessed with is that how does this make so much money is that robo-taxi thing? And not just that the car drives itself, but then it's like, well, what happens after that? What happens when you know trillions of dollars of market cap are built on the iPhone, but what if this has wheels and it, I don't just order my food, but it actually goes and gets my food and brings it back. Like all of a sudden this is doing stuff that my phone didn't do. So I think like the biggest, that's why Apple's trying to do a car. It's why Amazon's trying to do a car. It's why Google tried to do Waymo. Literally the biggest companies in the world, what are they spending the most money and time on? How to build a self-driving car, because it's going to be the the next computing platform and generate trillions of value. And Tesla is going to do it first. And I think the Cybertruck is like such a cool vehicle for that future. It's like we got stuff, we can put it in the back. Six people, we can cram those in there too. Super rugged, doesn't matter if it gets beat up. Like, can go off road like can go 600 miles of range or 500 miles of range. So in many ways, the cyber truck that's autonomous is going to be a platform. I don't know if internet things is the right word, but like For all of these apps and services and it's like up to people like you to build the next trillion dollar company built on top of a network of robo taxis, you know. Like, so like Amazon, is Tesla a bigger threat? Is Amazon a big th- threat to Tesla um, because we're going to do electric car or is Tesla a bigger threat to Amazon because Amazon gives you packages with fossil fuels um, and humans driving them when it should be electric and autonomous and the Tesla freight network with a cyber truck and a Tesla semi is going to be a cheaper way to move and get packages than, than, you know, Amazon. So like, yeah, I just wanted to give that question a shout out because that's a good one.
1: Um, yeah, and talking more about recent events. Um, there are, you know, the power went out in Texas and there were like multiple tweets about people who had the power wall installed and how like it literally did not affect them at all. Um, so like, how's Tesla expanding its solar business? Because I know Elon also has a stake in Solar City. Um, so like, is that, is that a part of Tesla? Um, and is that going to expand?
0: Yeah. That's a part that I'm really like hot on that I think people don't appreciate is that like, so I'm looking outside my window right now and I see, I see the sun shining. I see all these houses and zero have solar panels. We just literally have all this energy that's hitting all of our cities and we're not using any of it. And then we're, we're digging up the earth halfway around the world and to, and shipping it and using fossil fuels to ship us. Like it's ridiculous. And so the future it's like, you know, invest in the future you believe in. It's like the Elon Musk talks about like our streets become alive. Like They're like, energy, everything's generating energy and alive with energy. And isn't that such a more exciting future where you walk down your road and every house is generating energy and charging its car? The good thing about that from a business perspective is like, you know, well, Tesla came up with a solar roof, which is a total game changer. Like build into your roof those solar panels. And it's taken them a while to get it off the ground and perfect that product. But a roof costs as much as a Model 3. Like this is a $100 billion market or more, and that is the true vision of Tesla. It's like your house that's sustainable, that takes in energy, that charges your amazing car, that's all off the grid, that's all clean. Like, this is the future that we all want, right? And so the solar piece of it, uh, like maybe it seems kind of tiny and like a side hustle now, but is as much a piece of, you know, the whole vision as everything else.
1: A question from Aniv. Um, What are your thoughts on Elon's Boring Company? Is it a sufficiently better alternative to subway systems and other public transport?
0: Yeah, totally. I'm a big fan of the boring company. And I love the Elon analogy. I mean, it's copying his analogy, but like the whole thing where it's like our cities are 2D, our transportation or 3D, like we live high up and then we have one street to like get everywhere. Um, That's super inefficient. Like, so I think there's a huge, I mean, if you sit in traffic, then yeah, you probably want the boring company to be a thing. I, I feel like it's got huge and the problem with public transportation system like and the trains in the us is like we don't have a good incentive system like it's not privatized it's public and like they just use crappy technology like i don't know it feels like the mafia or something is in with the contractors because they're wasting so much time and money with all of these projects with such old technology it's like a joke honestly and so that kind of makes me sad and but it makes me excited that like the boring company might actually you know some much needed innovation to the transportation sector um with just a new way to get around cities because I think that's like, I don't know, I'm big on the idea that like cars are kind of ugly and big and like our the future shouldn't really be like our cities are just blanketed in concrete and we just sit in cars polluting, driving on this concrete all day, looking at the concrete, like all on. And then we all leave our house at the same time to get on the same little strip of concrete in our steel boxes to sit there all breathing in the air. We're polluting together. Like, it's like, if we just left 10 minutes apart, we might even not even have traffic. Like, I don't know. So I think there's a, so much like, kind of layers to that traffic, uh, boring company idea, but it's got, it's going to be dope for sure.
1: Oh, another question from Bruce though, uh, for students in college interested in in investing and finance, what should we focus on doing instead of trying to get those, you know, prize internships and jobs that you despised?
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That's a dope question. Um, I would say like, learn, like the only thing holding you back is your hustle. Like you want to start making guap and researching companies. You have the internet, like do it. Like, I, I think everybody should do a podcast or a YouTube show um, I think that's kind of like the biggest land grab and I think you know, a million fo- followers or subscribers is worth is better than a billion dollars under management. And, and even though it doesn't seem like that. And so if I was trying to start a career in finance, I'd be super strategic about like start investing, start losing money. Think of every business as a case study that you can learn from and realize that the best case studies to learn from are the ones happening IRL, not something you're going to read in a textbook. It's studying Tesla. That's the best way to learn about how to be a best, like the greatest investor right now. Literally just study Elon Musk and Tesla. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I get pumped when I talk about this. Cause I'm like, dude, this is such an amazing time to be a hustler, to like, want to invest and like, just be like the fact that y'all are in the Tesla la, la club right now. I'm like, well, like I want to know what stocks you guys are thinking of because you're all clearly, you know, forward-thinking people, but yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you guys for having me though. I really appreciate it. And I, I love that there is a Tesla club.
1: Of course. Of course we had to, we had to, um, so yeah i do want to thank you for coming on tonight um hayden wanna
2: yeah um so yeah make sure that you guys check out um galley's channel i'm gonna drop it back in the chat and um you know he obviously does some really cool stuff i mean his latest video you should definitely check out he has a drag race between a lamborghini and a tesla that is very 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 much worth seeing so definitely check that out check out his channel subscribe um, I'll drop it back in the chat, and um, yeah, thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate having you here, and uh, yeah, we we thank you for everything that you've you know come and told us today.
0: Thank y'all. Yeah, have a good thank one. Signing off. Peace. Yeah.